everybody. Welcome to the Tennessee Twos Disc Golf Podcast. Uh, we're back. We did it. We made it to another week, despite more technical issues, because why wouldn't there be? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. I've, I don't feel great. I don't know how you feel. I'm tired. My body hurts. My stomach hurts. My life hurts. <laughs> Well, Not in the sense that my life is going bad. It just—it really feels like I need a nap. So here we are. <laughs> um, but who needs naps when we have disc golf to talk about, right? Right. I always like to say, you know, sleep is a poor substitute for caffeine. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we're not going to waste too much more of your time at this exact second, um, and we're just going to hop into our presenting sponsor. Yeah, uh, and as most of you know, our presenting sponsor is Lone Star Disc. Uh, Lone Star Disc is a family-owned and operated disc golf manufacturer located in Conroe, Texas. They pride themselves on being the only disc golf manufacturer that currently produces, stamps, and ships its own product directly from Texas. Their, mo their main focus is to provide consistent and high-quality discs to golfers all over the world. They uh, have some really, really nice discs out. Um, right now, they're dropping them left and right, and I would expect that they are going to be doing so uh, all the way throughout this season, just as they did last season. So make sure to go follow them on all of the socials. Um, they do really creative content, uh, has, been, has been really active as well, so definitely go uh, show them some support as they show us support, and uh, we really appreciate them, and we appreciate you viewers. All right, without further ado, um, we got a lot to talk about and not enough time for everything, because... Somebody decided to drop some gnarly news uh, less than a week before All-Star starts. So let's talk about that, because that was 20 minutes I wasn't expecting to, to spend time discussing today. But here we are. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who have not seen the news yet, because you're living under Patrick Starr's rock, um, Gannon Burr has announced his departure from Prodigy. Yep. Uh, first take. Um, that this was not anything to do with Prodigy, that Prodigy definitely offered to pay him to to stay, in my opinion. I believe that this is more of a brand change uh, for Ganon to grow. That's my personal outlook. Yeah, I'm, I'm split between two, like, first takes is, I mean, the immediate gut reaction is that, I mean, something happened. I don't know what happened. Something happened. The other... Um, conflicting take that is in my mind is also just the concept that the deal was not finalized, so they didn't talk about it yet. Um, I think that there's also a outside chance that the deal was done quite a while ago, and they really wanted to let the uh, Simon News simmer down a little bit. Right. Um, but uh, let's start with that first one. If if we're talking about something that there's a fallout. How detrimental do you think that is to Ganonburg's season? At least the beginning. Um, considering he has thrown Prodigy for a while, um, it could be a problem, but he's young. 
and I'm sure that he is probably throwing other discs um, out there with his friends. So I don't think it'll be too, too bad to, to pick up. I mean, he's super talented. I, I don't really see... Um, I don't see him dropping out of the top 10 before he gets it figured out. Yeah, rankings-wise, or just, you know, continuing the streak of Either way. not missing top 10s? Either way. I mean, I look at it the other way. If this really was just like a freak freak kind of a thing where something happened and it was really super last minute, absolutely, I think you're talking about something that's going to throw his game off for at least the first month, month and a half of the season. Um, and I just have to say, if he has been out there throwing other discs thus far, congratulations to whoever you have around you for not keeping leaking that news it. Yeah. super quiet. Yeah. Right? The... Um, if if this was something that was planned previous um, and maybe they wanted to let the news simmer down or the contract just wasn't finalized yet, whatever it might have been, I don't think you see nearly as big of a hit to the right. beginning of the season. Maybe the first couple events are a little little bit of a falter. Um, you know, maybe LVC and Memorial, but I think he has it figured out before Waco in that scenario. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, um, there is one thing that I I had kind of been expecting this. Um, there was an interview that happened with Gannon and Isaac Robinson uh, a while back. And Gannon was talking about his contract um, and how he was probably um, probably going to reach an extension, but like no for sure details. But the way that he was talking, like you could just kind of sense it is like things weren't working in his favor. Um, and he was talking about how, uh, his money, the, the money aspect wasn't there in his contract. So right after that interview, somebody could have just very easily reached out and said, Hey, I don't know what they're paying you, but Hey, this, this is what I will offer you. And I, I feel like that could have very well happened. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, depending on where, where the money lines, I know a lot of people kind of, kind of gave me that feeling that they had on Twitter um, when I first tweeted something about it, that they just don't believe Prodigy can afford him, which wholeheartedly I don't, I don't really agree with. Um, MVP, if, if they can't afford to pay a 17 year old kid who has one big win under his belt, then MVP can't afford Simon and it's not close. You know what I mean? If 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 Prodigy really can't afford him, then they've made poor business decisions. Right. Up until this point. And in, that's kind of what I was hinting at at the beginning, is I think that they have the money to pay him, and I think they could do it pretty well. Um, I know for a fact Prodigy has had to have taken a downfall this past season. Um, yes. So their hope honestly, was Gannon Burr and some of these younger prodigies. Uh, yeah. No no play on, no pun intended there. But um, a lot of these young up-and-comers, because he, they, Prodigy did have that. 
um, with Ganon Burr leading the pack. However, you lose Ganon, and you don't really have any say so there. Um, it's it's gonna hurt. Like it's 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 yeah. it's a lasting impact. Um. Yeah, I I have to I have to agree. I mean, when push comes to shove, it's it's just you lost the best potential you have for a world championship on your team in the few in the in the coming years. Now, don't get me wrong; that's not to say that Isaac or KJ don't have the potential to do such a feat, right? But you lost your best opportunity at it, right? Hands exactly. Down. And, and I, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it's a mistake. I mean, I know we all kind of really felt like it was coming eventually. Like Prodigy wouldn't be able to hold up as a plastic manufacturer to the contract that Ganon is going to yield eventually. I just didn't think it was going to come this season. Right. Yeah. I kind of expected it after next season. Um, because that's technically when his contract as of now uh, was up um right he probably got into a contract that was kind of before the big money started yeah uh, to where you know all the legally binding things are in there so eh, who knows somebody that signs him now will probably have that and lock him up if they're smart they lock him up on a long-term deal yeah, but I I mean, if they're smart, they lock him up on a long-term deal, but also if you're Ganon, I, you I don't. don't think you're I right. don't think you're dumb enough to get into a long-term deal. Yeah. 2 to 3 um, years max. Exactly. Yeah. At his talent caliber right now, if you do anything longer than 2 or 3 years, I think you're doing yourself a disservice unless it was a million dollars out the gate. Exactly. If it's a Simon it's or a Paul dollars, contract, Get, yeah, get your 10 year 10 not. mil you know but that's Dude, not he, what he got like uh, I, yeah and i i i'd have to agree with that as well and that's why i think that i i think people are expecting this contract to just announce and and wow yeah and i don't think it's going to wow i think it's going to be very lucrative for his age yeah um and his you know accommodations mm-hmm. so far uh but i i don't think that there it's truly going to be like a wow contract right um, assuming we get the details at all, I you know I imagine we're we're gonna know <laughs> very quickly, considering he's going to be in public throwing this weekend. Right. You know what I mean. Um. So. I, do you think I it was? Know. Do you think it was a play, um, to be wearing like the prodigy stuff, at while saying that you're leaving, um. Or because, like, I don't, I didn't know what to think of it because usually that doesn't happen. But it, I guess he was probably going for like the surprise factor. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's it's hard to say. You know, he could have just been been taking a page out of Simon's book in this scenario where you're talking about Simon announced his departure while simultaneously throwing a final, you know, right final round and. Done, did a couple of extra videos of this is this this is going to be my last step with uh with this mania now of course his youtube is is quite a bit more lucrative than anything ganon is doing at the moment but it could have just been that he saw simon do that and felt like it was a good sign of respect to 
the right. company that brought it, him it into, may have been. into the world, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would view that more as a, as a sign of respect for the company that gave him a start versus the, the, the previous. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing that constantly is like in my mind uh, about Prodigy this past season and probably the reason that this uh, this extension or contract didn't get met, a uh, reason for Gannon's departure, yep. is they probably put a lot of their eggs in one basket with KJ this past year. Um, yeah, and don't forget that they put a few eggs in the basket with, with Kale over there in the discline yep. and, and everything that they're doing over there. Yep. Um, but, I mean, I personally speculated, and you might have been along with me, I don't really remember, but I speculated that last year, when we saw some of those departures, we saw something along the lines of, you know, Chris and and Cad and whoever kind of look at look at Prodigy and say, "All right, I see what you did for KJ. What are exactly. you gonna do for me?" And they yep. said, "Well, how about this?" And they were like, "Not a chance." Yeah, not a chance. Um, and you know, it might have just been a little bit more drawn out to reach that conclusion for Gannon because. Again, you, you know, you're talking about somebody who has one really solid year under their legs. Um, it doesn't technically hold that leverage the way right. that those other players do at this exact moment. Um, you know, so it, it probably, if that is the case, you know, it, it would have allegedly been something like, you know, what what can you offer me? You can see that I'm going to be the face of of this company for a long time. What what are you going to do for me? Right. And you know he had to actually go out and shop, if you will. Um, yeah. But you know I don't want to discount the idea that somebody went and got him either. Right. And I I personally feel like that could have happened. Um. I'm guarantee you that he was being shopped. Oh yeah. Himself. I mean. Like, there's there's no question. You go you. You have the highest average finishing number in all of disc golf, and then you finish the year off with a major. Um, yeah, you're getting shopped. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> so speculations. Um, what do you think? Like, I, I mean, everybody is pointing to disc mania. Um, because of the departure of Simon, there's a hole there. Um, but I've also been hearing the the open bag deal. Um, what's, your, yeah, what's your take? I, I think an open bag is going to be pretty unlikely, um, if we're being completely honest. I think he's moving to a sponsor. Because the thing is, is that there's no reason, unless something did detrimentally happen that you know right. they really couldn't see eye to eye on and he had to make the decision to leave, and bail on that contract there's no reason to bail on a contract and then move to to an open bag right that's, you know what i mean i feel like and, if we do dude, if we do see open bag we kind of know okay something didn't go right yeah yeah so, something something happened that caused a bailout yeah uh if, if you're talking about an open bag unless the severely outside and i want to say that this is probably more outside than any other speculation we'll talk about right now Unless Infinite really paid up, but I don't. I don't think they did. Mm -mm. I, I don't. I truly just don't see that happening. Um, Discmania, so the next Crush Boy, just, with yeah. Johnny and Chet. So, 
so yeah, Dismania is is going to be the most likely for a lot of reasons. Number one, I mean, he's essentially besties with with Babcock, yeah, who just switched over. Um, they have a Simon sized hole in their lineup. They have the funds. They just received a million dollar buyout allegedly. Yep. Um, and you know, the only thing is, and this is this is another thing that I I think it's important to consider as well when you think about you know whether Prodigy could or couldn't afford him. They're not going to pay him more than they're paying Eagle, and no. Simon is making a lot more than Eagle right now. So you think about it, right? Would you pay? Uh, you get a million dollar buyout, right? Would you say Gannon? I'll give you a million dollars for two years, like just straight up that one million dollar buyout. Go get you another player, get two years out of the deal. I feel like that's a pretty fair offer um and i think for um so a, a million a million a year over two years or no, a million over the two years a million over the two years like it's it'd be five hundred thousand a year reasonable yeah i think it's not unreasonable to to consider that but i think that they probably want to take a little bit of that money and kick it into eagle and give him a little bit of extra guaranteed assuming he's healthy and he's built the confidence that his health will hold this season um, and you know, I, I, I would say, depending on how that kind of played out with Eagle and, and what Eagle's going to do for, for the company now that Simon's gone, that that'll play a factor into it. I don't want to sit here and, and think that 500 a year is what he's going to make. I think you're going to see given his age and how green he still is compared to them, is something maybe a little more the towards what we see in other sports, which is incentivized contracts. Uh, maybe right. a base pay of a hundred uh, if you win this many events it jumps up to two fifty. If you win this many events and a major, it jumps up to three fifty, and then uncapped potential on disc sales. Right. So, and of course that that hundred, two fifty, three fifty that that's just a a pretend scale. That's not necessarily what they would actually do, but I think that's right. you you still have to given his age, you still have to hedge your bets somewhere. Yeah. Right? He hasn't he hasn't shown that he is capable of doing that year in and year out like a Ricky or a Paul or something like that. So you still have to hedge your bets somewhere. So an incentivized contract, performance incentivized contract is probably a lot more likely than just saying we'll give you uh 500 a year for 2 years, give you a million guaranteed over those 2 years. Right. Well, if going into it as a sponsor uh picking up Gannon, you're betting more on his future than his past performances. Um I sure. mean, you know. But but the thing is is that if you're if you're going to give him a really solid incentivized contract, then that mm -hmm. means you're telling you're telling Gannon, "Hey, it's okay to bet on yourself too." Right. You know, we're we're gonna hedge our bets and we're gonna lowball you a little bit in guaranteed money, but we're gonna basically offer you uncapped potential. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, if, again, if Gannon is smart, like I said, like we both said, is you don't get yourself into a long term contract unless they're just up and up and offering you a million a year. Yeah. You know, that's that's when you're like, yeah, ten years, absolutely, I'll be in for that. Um, but you're not going to lock yourself into into that sort of a contract anyways because you have two things to prove number one you have to prove over the next two or three years that you're worth a million a year um and number two you know you have to to prove that you are not going to fall off the block right essentially yeah yeah you are correct um so with that being said i disc mania is the most likely 
yeah. I don't know why I have this outside outside look. At, so I, I'm, I'm in and I'm out of Innova being the number two all at the same time. It's really hard to kind of pin that down. But basically, Innova already basically designs everything as incentivized and sales based. So, you know, yeah, it could like, be, does he could take be the Haley King route? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the other thing about Innova is they're really they're really kind of set in their ways that once they set their roster for the year, they kind of hold that besides, you know, some entry level, you know, right. here's a few discs and a t-shirt go throw with our name. Yeah. Besides those kind of things that happen throughout the year, their, their touring team is, is set and it usually does not change. Um, so, but they, they also have the funds and they would have, you know, Oh, they, they have would, the funds. Well, they would like, they would fit the profile of, being able to offer the incentivized contract because they don't like to pay up front as right. it is. So I, I, it's it's just hard for me to put any faith in Innova um, to do anything to do anything yeah. until otherwise proven wrong. Yeah. <laughs> until you know, like we just but, we just haven't seen that. But well, but but again, and that's why that's why I think that um, Innova is probably the most likely second. Now, and, and again, I don't think that it's the most likely. It's still going to be Dismania in my mind. But Innova, because of the way that they stylize their contracts, it wouldn't be unheard of because they're already going to their their model is already based around do something for us and then we'll do something for you. Right. So it kind of fits the mo for him if if we were talking that he had sustained this performance for two or three years before another two or three years before he he actually made this move Innova would be completely out unless they do something drastic in those two or three years yeah uh but because of the situation and because of the lack of evidence in longevity um they could still fit the mold yeah and then there's always there's always an outside, really, really outside chance that something ridiculous happens, like Lone Star coming in and just saying, <laughs> "Yeah, we got you, boo." Ah, uh, I would, I would lose everything. Um, <laughs> but uh, how many well, Ganon Tour series discs would you have? All of them. <laughs> um, but one thing that does kind of interest me a little bit about the Anima. Um, the Innova plot is theory. Yeah, we'll go with that theory. Um, <laughs> is he does have a major title? The his name goes on a disc immediately because of that. Exactly. So, and Innova sells discs. They that's that's all they do. They move plastic. Yeah, and the other and, thing, the other thing you have to consider too is like when when Innova puts a name, like you talk about, let's talk about Macbeth for a second because of all the all the six claws that just came out and everything. Right. He had six signature series discs that have his name on it regularly. Now they run those as quote unquote signature series discs, right? Right. Now Innova, when they run a signature series disc, that is generally the shipped version of their disc to retailers more often than not. Right. When you talk about other companies like Discraft, that's you are you are ordering a signature series disc. But if you order something from Innova like a Star Destroyer, uh with whoever's name on it in the past, it's more than likely going to ship as the Ricky Waisaki or the this or the that Star Destroyer. <coughs> right. Okay. So their main 
version of that disc is going to be the signature series. And that means that he's getting cuts of essentially 90% of the, of the version of that disc getting sold. Right. That's huge. It is, that is huge. Like, astronomical as far as, like, disc sales goes. So that's one place where I could see it happening incentivized. Um, I hadn't really thought about it until you, uh, until you brought that up, but it does kind of make sense. Um, yeah, I, so now I'm a little more curious, but if I were to percentage, give you a percentage of confidence of which one was going to happen, I would say I'm 90% confident that Discmania is the sign here. And that other 10% is probably spit, split 5% Innova, which is the next highest, and then 0.01% of anything else, essentially. Right. right? Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm not saying Innova is like a, a high percentage no. confidence rating here. It's still extremely low. It's just if I had to say what's the what is the most likely second, that's the one that comes to mind. That I yeah. I'm with you on that. Uh, chat's asking, I wonder if the dollar amount includes entry fees, travel expenses, etc. Um, it depends. Every every manufacturer kind of has a little bit of a different way of running that. Uh, a lot of companies will front their guaranteed money as entry and travel, and that's about it. So you, we're going we're gonna to feed you, we're going to gas you up, and we're going to pay for the entry fees. Everything else, you got to make on your own. He's able to drive so... now. <laughs> His all graduated and stuff, too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, maybe they, uh, maybe whoever it is gives him a van. Oh, he could get uh, on the bus with Avery though. Just think about it. Yeah, I mean, you could see him traveling with Gavin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know how Calvin travels. Uh car. Is it? Is it mostly just just drive spot to spot, stay yeah. up in a, kip up in like a timeshare kind of a thing? Yeah, like a. I don't know about timeshare necessarily, but. But definitely car. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I have I just I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't know either. The good well, news is we're not gonna have to wait long to figure. That, it out. That's the best thing. At least this didn't happen at the beginning of the off season, and it's like we gotta wait the entire time to figure <laughs> out who this is. Like, like... So I do like the, all the excitement. It's all built up, built up, built up, and then boom. Thursday or Friday, we're gonna know. So, yeah, yeah. And I, if he's smart, he he basically doesn't say anything. Oh yeah. And he just throws his new brand, wearing decked out in his new brand, whatever it is, on coverage. That would be that's see we. And we're, then we're suckers for that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. And, and when I say and, we're, I'm talking about all viewership. Like it, it, plot plot twist. Plot twist, Disc Golf Network is sponsoring players now. <laughs> That's a, uh, this, is, this is a new way to drive memberships. This uh, <laughs> the, the, That would be like uh, the refs sponsoring the Chiefs or something. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's literally, that has a negative 10% chance of happening. Okay, please yeah, do not. Yeah, Don't not, at that, me. That, 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 is, that is not real. That is a joke. <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of All-Stars... Um, Let's let's talk about All Stars real quick. I'm gonna go through the press release of the All Stars format, and then we'll talk about teams and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so basically, 
you're going to see something very similar to what we what we saw last year. Uh, you're going to have in the accurate or in the skills uh, competitions, you're going to have putting accuracy and then accurate distance. I believe they're going to continue with the accurate distance as opposed to widening up the fairway. Yes. Or they might widen it up a little bit, but I think it'll still be pretty slim. Um, putting is going to be six stations, 20, 25, um, 25 obstructed, 33, 33 obstructed, and then 45, and then a bonus uh, 66. Every one of those is five attempts. The points will scale to the difficulty of the putt. So for the 25 footers, one point, 20, um, the 25 obstructed and 33 is two. 33 obstructed and 45 is three. The 66 will be five. You have five attempts from all of those stations and then one attempt from the bonus 66 footer. Okay. Shot shaping. Uh, it's going to be, I, I'm not going to read all of this. this is just really long, but to give you an example, the first station is going to be a Mando right side. So you have to force a right hand forehand or a right hand backhand Annie. Um, the points are going to add totals, basically, so like distances, essentially, if I remember correctly, and that's going to determine how many points it is based on how close you get to the pin, and then you're going to get three throws from each station. Right. So very, very, very similar. And it's going to uh, be similar to like darts, uh, so so yeah. to speak, you know, point system wise. Yeah. Yeah. So I well. Like, if you made it into the basket, it'd be five points. If it's in the bullseye, it's three points. Circle one is two points. Circle two is one point. Anything outside of circle yeah. two counts as zero points. Yeah, I just don't want to confuse anybody. There's no multipliers or anything out there. So, like, you can't you can't right. as far as circle uh, more two like times three darts. or anything like that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> just to, in case anybody watches darts, I don't want you to be like, oh, right, that'll right. be interesting to watch. Yeah. No, it's not going to be like that. It's going to yeah, be, no. it, it's going to be like top golf. How close do you get to your target? Okay. <laughs> that's, that's actually, yeah, that's, that's probably the best. Uh, um, control distance. Uh, you keep the single biggest throw per player. Um, max distance wins. Uh, you, I believe you add both teammates together Correct. and combine the distance for your total score. Each player gets six throws each, Yep, I do believe. Uh, and moving on from there, uh, similar to what we saw last year, you will have a doubles competition. And then on Sunday, you will have a singles competition. Um, I believe all of that is going to be formatted as match play, not stroke play. Um, I think it's the opposite. Um, it's head-to-head -head competition. Um, but from from what I was reading, um, so it's it's like a half and half then. So it's it's, it's, it's head on head modified. competition, but it's it's scored still. Exactly, it's, it's they still, still everybody still plays all eighteen holes, so there's no way to get knocked out. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, yeah, yeah. It's my I look. It's All Stars Weekend. It should be match. It's it's not so it's not so well. I don't. But you you explained why it's not. You mm -hmm. know we want to see it's All Stars Weekend. We're only going to have holes. two two rounds on each side of the doubles and the singles. So we're we're going to want to see all eighteen holes. Match play is number one traditionally only like twelve holes when it's usually played. Right. More often than not, and then you don't always play all of them. So I understand what they're going for. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, yeah, you know it, it is what it is. Uh, in terms of the teams, teamy weemies. Um, I'm just going to pull out 
Twitter because they were the easiest to access teams. All right. We'll start with FPO. Okay. Team Katrina. Yeah. In her draft uh, is Katrina, of course. Uh, Evelina Solonen, Alexis Mandahano, Sarah Hokum, Hannah Plumrus, and Jennifer Allen. Um, team Own is going to be Own, of course. Uh, Maria Oliva, Missy Gannon, um, Holland Handley, Ella Hansen, and Kat Merch. Yep. Initial okay. thoughts: it balanced, unbalanced, not, not really. Favored. Um, I feel like one team is balanced heavily on distance and one team is balanced heavily on shot shaping and putting <laughs> and putting yeah so it, like uh, team own is definitely the favorite in putting uh by a long shot and i would say team katrina is favored in distance by a long shot uh, more than I, I would imagine more than likely. Um, I actually don't have what exactly they were assigned to right in front of me in yeah. terms of putting or accuracy. Um, I can try to find them, I'm sure, but I'm just, I'm not going to, because we're all going to find out. But I mean, essentially, Owns team is is going to want to dominate uh, both the accuracy contest as well as the putting contest, right? And they can honestly, they can feel free to, to give up the distance, but they don't have to. Luckily, they have the, you know, they have the current reigning champion uh, of distance right now, regardless of what Jennifer Allen has done in the right. past, okay? So you've got current distance versus world record holder, and one of the things about world record holders, you know, just in case anybody was wondering, nine times out of ten, there is not a set fairway that you need to land in. Okay? Right, you get full, great. full fairway. It's great to have all the distance in the world, but if you guys remember last year, almost every player, four out of six throws landed out of bounds. Yep. Um, that was pretty common. So with that being said, you know, that that just kind of balances the playing field just a little bit and gives uh, Hanson a chance, I would say. I still think when push comes to shove, um, you know, Jennifer's the farther thrower. But I think Hansen well, who are has you a matching with Hanson? Like, uh, who are you putting out of all of the rest of Owen's team? Who is probably the second Cat. furthest thrower? Cat. Do merch. you think it would be Holland or Cat? Cat. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you you probably couldn't go wrong either way, but you know, it's silly to like... talk about it because it's already been chosen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just. Yeah. I, just... I don't. I don't have that. That choose. I do not either. Um, yeah, I have I have all of the stats for or all of the the matchups for everything that's actually you know recorded stroke play. Right. Just not. I don't, skills I don't have the skills skills competition lineups. Yeah, I don't know um, either. Um, but that's okay. I suppose I suppose I could find it. Yeah. But it'll be okay. So, I, but you, but you know, you know that Hanson and Allen are are going to be in that distance. So yeah. When push comes to shove, though, and so is Evelina. Own, own own squad, own squad needs to take down accuracy. Accuracy. I'm not saying they're out putting. of distance. I'm not saying they're out of distance by any means, but they know that they are 
Yeah, that's a very, very tough road ahead of them. Yeah. Comparatively. I'd imagine. I mean, you got Missy and Owen putting, and then Holland and Maria probably doing shot shaping. Owen's team yeah. is, is very well thought out, I feel like. Um, yeah. It's, so, with them, I feel like it'll probably come down to the um the the match play the the one v ones and two v twos right so as it lines up for doubles, you have three matches, yep, you have match one, which is Katrina and Alexis against Owen and cat um Alexis is a little bit of a wild card, but cat should be good enough to make up for that, and the same thing with with own and her own cat yeah um. So, you know, they're going to have to do a really good job of relying on each other. I would say that one's pretty much a wash. Look for that one to finish all tied up in points. Yeah. Uh, Henna and Evelina versus Missy and Ella. That one is going to be... very ex- heavily in favor of Henna and Evelina in my mind. It's going to um, be exciting to watch, though. Truly, yeah. I, I feel like. Um, one thing I will say about Missy is I feel like in these competitions she goes for more fun. Um, yes. Potentially. Whereas I feel like Evelina and Hannah are going to be like cutthroat. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I would agree with that. So that's that's kind of where I would lean with that as well. Um, match three. Uh, so anyways, match two. I, I still, I'm personally predicting that you're going to see Hannah and Evelina take that match. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. And then match three, Jennifer and Sarah against Holland and Maria. I, it, that one's interesting. It's the newcomers versus the veterans. And I, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not. Um, I, I'm kind of on Holland Hanley, on Holland Hanley's train right now. And I'd probably Maria. Yeah. I, I, I gotta. I'd, I'd give him the edge. I think so let's too. Let's just put it. Let's put it like that. I want to give them the edge. Uh, it's going to be a lot closer than. Oh uh, yeah. What I think the Henna and Missy match yeah. will be. No, totally. Um, so you know, push comes to shove, it looks like Team Cat should come out of of doubles with the lead. Should. Um. Yeah. Just just from what I can see, uh, singles of course, are going to be the same concept. You're going to have basically two players matched up against each other specifically. Right. Uh, match number one, no surprise, is going to Cat be own. Katrina Allen and Owen. Um, and uh, listen, I mean, it's going to depend on Katrina's putter that day, I think. Yeah. Uh, if she's putting well, she's going to have the edge over Owen. If she's not putting well, Owen's going to make up the strokes with her putter. There's yep. no doubt about that. Um, so I'm going to call that. Oh, I'm going to call that in favor a a, a small favor to Cat. Uh, okay. Just just because it's a it's also a golf course style. I'm going to go you know, layout. Yeah, I, I'll probably go the opposite way. Uh, match two: Evelina against Missy. And this one's really, really interesting because Evelina's going to dominate the fairways. And Missy's going to uh, dominate Missy the comparatively, 
Yeah, and it's not it's not even that Missy is the greatest putter in this group. It's just she's that much better than than Evelina. So so it's gonna what's gonna determine that matchup is how often does Evelina end up inside of fifteen feet. And has Evelina fixed her putting? Like that that's possible. Like she could have she could have done it. <laughs> uh, don't forget as well. It, it it gets really windy in Arizona this time of year. Um, so you know, being a confident putter is, is half the battle. Right. Even if she, even if she picks, fixed her, her putting motions and her stroke, confidence is key. And we know how quickly she loses confidence. So I still think it's got to come down to the, her confidence on the fairways right. um, and putting it inside 15 feet. I'm going to call that one a wash. Uh, that's, that's my literally anything could happen matchup in my opinion. Yep. Match three, Henna Blomroos against Cat Merch. And, um, Cat Merch has the fire and the talent, but Henna Blomroos has the experience. Uh, I think this one goes pretty heavily in favor of Henna when push comes to shove. Any any conflict or, or anything you want to add to that? Uh, to be honest, it's my favorite matchup. Yeah, it might um, be the best card. But I I don't know. I see. I feel like that one is is gonna be. Closer than you're thinking. I, I don't know. But the, the thing is, we can't just sit here and say all of them are going to be washes. I you agree. Know? I went like, on I, when I you have cat, but I have as far consistent... as henna, I can't. I don't have the confidence to say cat over henna. Is is my yeah. dilemma? You know what I mean? Like, I would probably give henna the edge over cat. I do. On this, and I think one. it's a pretty. I think it's a pretty wide edge because I think you're talking about similar skill sets. But Henna is is uh, more experienced overall, um, and has has been in tougher situations more consistently throughout her career. That's she's gonna she's going to perform better, especially if 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 any of them get flustered out there for whatever reason, whether it's wind or this, that, and the other. She she has the experience advantage with the same skill set. That almost always means you're going to win. All right, I'm going cat. <laughs> you got it. Uh, match four, Sarah Hokum, Holland Handley. Um, I mean, you I'm already know it, who I'm going. So I gotta give it to Holland. Yeah, it's. I don't even think we need to talk about that one very much. Um, two great but, sidearms, though. Yes, that'll be yes. good to see. It was a good matchup. Uh, match five, Alexis Medhano and Ella Hansen. This one surprises me. Um, this is going to be me. a really, this is a really interesting matchup, because yeah, uh, Mandahano is more precision based. Hanson is going to be the bigger player. Um, I couldn't tell you which one of them is going to putt more effectively. So I think it's really going to come down to does Ella stay on the fairways with bigger drives, and if she does, she can win. If not. It's a toss-up. I am so surprised just, they didn't put Jennifer Allen against what? Hansen, and then Maria Oliva against Alexis. Like I, well, I, I get so, its strategy, but like the thing is, though, is if I remember correctly, in the formatting of how of how they pick these, is that they do not choose directly. Yeah, you're going to go up against this person. You're going to go up against this person. They rank every it's player going by seeding, one through six. How they're drafted. Yeah. Um, you know, so everybody gets that one through six rating, and then you play essentially. Your it's just like it's like singles. all of them make sense except for these. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I, but I mean, honestly, I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay I, with I, it. Because I would prefer to see, you know, a precise player go up against a big arm and a precise player go up against a big arm than to just see two big arms go out there and, and putt subpar. Right, <laughs> right. No, I get you. You know, <laughs> um, I'm going to call that one. In, I, I know I said we'd, we can't be calling everything a wash. I'm going to call that one a wash. I don't really know who, who wins that. Um, uh, like I said, it, it comes down to whether Ella stays in the fairways. I'm gonna give that, um, give that nod to Alexis. Good on you, mate. Yep. Match six: Jennifer Allen against Maria Oliva. Uh, I'm gonna give the the edge to Maria. Me as well. I'm, She's I'm not not gonna say that her recent performance at an event we'll talk about in a little bit had anything to do with it, but it might have had something to do with it. It did for me. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, I mean, it, it it took you know something that was just slightly short of a miracle overall, but it, it was impressive. Uh, and you know, so basically, this this matchup has essentially already happened in the last couple of weeks. That that's going to be interesting to see round two. Yeah, if you will. So yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Maria, though. Yep. All right. All right. So going over to MPO, you have Team Ricky and Team Paul. Uh, Ricky Wasaki is your captain. Um, his team consists of Gannon Burr, Matty O, James Conrad, Kyle Klein, and Simon Lazat. Uh, Paul Macbeth, Team Paul. His team consists of Isaac Robinson, Calvin Heinberg, Joel Freeman, Chris Dickerson, and Kevin Jones. Um, First, yes. first take. Uh, I so I'm gonna just gonna give you my first take that I actually tweeted. Um, because that was actually my first take. <laughs> Paul's team is calculated. Yep. Ricky's team is high risk, high reward. And also, I might add that I tweeted that before the Gannon news, so I feel like my point actually stands up a little taller now. Um, if, if the entire team Ricky shows up, they will be unbeatable. Yeah. It will be impossible to beat them. Uh, however, I don't think it's likely that all of them show up because we kind of said a very similar thing to the teams that we saw last year in MPO. And we were like, well, if this entire team shows up, they're going to just wipe the floor and they didn't. And it ended up being extremely close the entire way down. Uh, so I, I really have to think that, you know, when when I watched Paul draft, Paul drafted with purpose. Ricky drafted with um, flashy, yeah, which is fine. No, that's, I, yeah. I really I really like that. And and the the difference if you if you guys kind of disagree, well, I mean I think Ricky was was pretty calculated too. Paul went so far as to fully predict what he thought and or knew Ricky was going to take, and from his own words, apparently he got it right. Yeah. So that means Paul got exactly the team what that he, he wanted planned for. I can't say that for Ricky. He didn't really say anything, but he might have gotten the team he wanted to. It's really hard hard to say. Right. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Skills competition, putting. Um, let's see. If I remember correctly, we've got, what, Paul and Chris putting? Uh, I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But... Yeah, I want to I say it was... Paul, Paul and Chris putting. 
That nope. would. That, that would probably make sense. No, actually, I think it's Paul and Isaac putting. Okay. Uh, I think Paul saved himself for distance, and I thought that was interesting. He didn't um, do distance then, right? No, I think I think Paul saved himself for distance because he he oh, allotted then, ev everybody. Then it's Chris and Isaac putting. I think so. Okay. I do be thinking so. Okay. Um. So then that that would probably make. You know what? This one I'm I'm actually just gonna look this one up. Yeah. I'm I'm a little more interested in the skills competitions like. This skills competition is a little bit less obvious than what FPO should be. So let's kind of... Yeah, it will help see what that if looks we like. know. Um, I, I mean, I'm pretty positive that it'll be... See, it would make sense in my eyes um, to do Joel and Calvin. As distance, but <clears throat> okay. So, putting is Wysocki and Gannon, and Chris and Isaac. So I did remember that one correctly. Yep. Okay. Distance is Calvin and Kevin versus Simon and Kyle. <laughs> um. Listen again. Again, it's that that is a pretty difficult to beat distance team. However, they have to land it in the fairway. All right, I'm just going to point it out that we saw two or three certified just smashes from Double G last year that would have easily won any distance competition at that particular moment, and neither of them landed in. Yep. Okay. Um, so they had to go with his lower score, and I believe they ended up losing, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So keep in mind that there is an equalizer in it. However, <laughs> the eye test still says Simon and Kyle. <laughs> yeah. They're crush boys uh, for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny's so saying, test, Team Ricky. Um, you know, Calvin did win it last year, and he large in, in part won it with his absolute laser beam um, low drives now yep. I, if i remember correctly i saw a report that they are expecting 25 miles an hour wins i hope i truly on hope that day that they put them in the tailwind just let and it yes. eat. let yes. it eat we want to see 900 it, feet just let it let if it they're going to give us that 25 mile an hour to, uh wind at least try to make sure we put it in the tail yeah. um if they but, don't i'm gonna be so upset with them like, but just remember, I mean, I want I want to be mad about it, but at the same time, again, they're not throwing into a field; they're throwing into an actual fairway, and so they only they can only work with what they've got. But um, viewership so, wise, give the tailwind if if they can. Because the thing is, is that what if there's what if there's no line or no holes like they have like they had last year that were built into the tailwind? Because last year, if it was it was a headwind, if I remember correctly, yeah. Take you some turf uh, if there's... somewhere and let it let it rip. I mean, you'd have to talk to them about that. It's kind of changes the production value when you do do stuff like that. Because the thing is, when you go into the big open fields, they do a great job of setting those things up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They find really beautiful beautiful areas. They set up all these pylons out there and, and do all of this I will really cool say stuff. Last They're not going to have the opportunity I to do that not... if it's a last second decision. You know what I mean? I did not like them having to throw over the tree. Or through the tree. I didn't like that. 
Um, you can have it be a fairway, but oh. don't. I. It's not shot shaping. The, the only. Oh, you mean inaccuracy? Do what? You mean inaccuracy? No, or no, no. In distance. No. In distance. The only um, one who was throwing that line was Garrett. Okay. No, he Let's went over the left here. side. I'm talking yeah. about the tree to the right. Okay, but but that wasn't the thing is is that you're talking about a, a situation where they're throwing into a bending fairway. It wasn't that the tree was in the wrong spot. You're talking about they they were pushing the back wall because they were standing him up in the headwind too far. Right. It's distance with accuracy. So I completely yeah. disagree with you there. That's it's, just land again, it, it where you want again, to. Get there it, however you want to. Yeah, but you can't. Th then it wouldn't. Yeah. Eh. Mm -hmm. eh. Mm -hmm. Accurate distance is not the same as just big distance. Okay. Accurate landing. Get it in the fairway. That's accurate distance. The, the, the competition is literally named accurate. I don't want. Just go home with that. I am home. Just go home with that. Just I, go to bed and I'm, sleep I, on it and I can't. realize we have the a error podcast of your ways. To do. Just realize the error of your ways, okay? You know what? I hope they cut that tree <laughs> down, and I'm going to laugh at your, <laughs> laugh in your face. For all we know, it's going to be on a completely different fairway. It probably <laughs> will. <laughs> and there's probably going to be another tree that I'm going to complain about. You watch. <laughs> It'll be in the middle this time. Listen, which, I mean, I watched. Honestly, watch, if I watch... it was in the middle, it wouldn't even be that that big of a problem except for calvin oh get out of here are you freaking serious you're gonna sit there and be like it would be better for a tree to be in, be in the middle than on the side of a fairway where they weren't supposed to throw to begin yes. with get out of here yeah they're just trying to spike it in you're a joke <laughs> <laughs> accuracy james conrad and matty o uh versus polly mcbeast and joel freeman and i gotta say I really think that that will be so good. So I good. I, it has the potential to be extremely exciting, but I think I I think Paul and Freeman kind of kind of nailed that one down pretty. I good. think it all depends on Joel. Like he's he's kind of so, so it's if, Joel if, and if, James. Yeah, pa if, Paul and Matt. You know that they're going to do what they need to do. Exactly. They're James, pretty much sure fire going to be there. You know, um. And, but uh, in that case, if I'm going. Joel versus James, I'm probably going Conrad. Yeah. Uh, personally, but you know, it it I know. goes to I'd show. Still, like, I still think you just have to you have to remember that Joel was basically just a hair off of Gannon Burr's essential, you know, how, average finish. How disrespectful would it be to put like a Two hundred and forty-eight foot shot that bends backward or right hand, backhand, and hyzer. <laughs> Listen, all right. It's Listen. like twice or it's luck. <laughs> Come on, James, do it again. Do it again, James. Yeah, do, do it in do his it. face do one more again. time. We dare you. Did you bring an envy? <laughs> I hope you brought an MV. You better have it. <laughs> All right. So looking at those teams, before we go and actually look at the the uh, the matchups directly, I test. Given everything that you've seen, who wins? Um, 
Team Ricky. I. Yeah. I think that the putting and the distance. See, it depends. Is Gannon comfortable? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is Gannon comfortable with whoever Simon? he's throwing? I. Simon is going to throw fine. Is it, he? Yes. Is he? Yes. His very first time taking a brand new set of discs out to the desert at elevation, is he going to throw fine? Yes. Full confidence. Bold. Full confidence. Bold. I'm not he, even I'm not even a little bit worried. See, I don't know. I think he I think he throws fine, sure, but I don't that doesn't mean that he th he throws well enough to win. I think so. He here's does here's my thought. Th here's easily. my thought process. Okay, originally, originally I thought it was really close, and I thought this was going to be a great matchup. I thought this was going to be super fun to watch. The Gannon news flipped it on its head for me, and now I am full team Paul. Okay, Paul Macbeth, you know what you're getting out of Paul Macbeth. Yep. Okay, I don't care whether it's uh, you know, it's All Stars or Worlds. Paul's going to take it seriously. Um, he might have a little more fun than he does. Uh, you know in some of his big tournament rounds, but he's going to be taking it serious. Right. Calvin. Calvin's coming off that disappointing loss last year. He's got something to prove. Okay. He's got something to prove. Chris Dickerson. Consistent. That's all I can say. Isaac Robinson. He is on the consistent side of possibly a wild card. Kevin Jones. Absolute wild card. Joel Freeman. Consistent. Okay. You know what to expect out of Joel Freeman. In fact, I, if the fact that Joel Freeman was a you-have-to-take-it pick for Paul, I had no problem with that. Paul knew that, that Joel was going to be his final pick, and he was 100% prepared for it. And let me tell you, if you guys do not agree that Joel Freeman is going to be the consistency that you want out there, explain why he was in top three of average finish last year. Tell me he's not going to be consistent. Go ahead. I dare you. He's not okay. going to be consistent. All right. <laughs> you're wrong, but all right. <laughs> Team Ricky. You're the, uh, how are you going to get on me? You told me to tell you. I, I know. <laughs> how dare. <laughs> but, I, I mean, this did you believe it when you said it? For failure. You hear did this? Did you believe it? Did you believe it when you said it? I I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> well, okay. So, so he believes it, but he didn't believe it enough to say it until I dared him to? Okay, got it. So, yeah, exactly. That way so I have somebody to fall back on saying, yeah, so he, he made me say it. He's in a closet of denial. <laughs> I'm in no closet. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. I'm not even going there, man. Your Team closet Ricky, door is open. Uh, shut the heck up, bro. Hey, I don't have anything to hide. What do you want? I'm talking about literally. I know. I just <laughs> said I don't have anything. What do you mean? I just said, and I quote, I don't have anything to hide. I don't know. We can't see. I don't know what you want door. from me. Listen, Linda. Oh. Linda. Team Ricky. Oh yeah. Um, I'm Team Ricky. Ricky you, you're Team You know Paul. who you're getting You know who um, you're getting out of out of Ricky. Gannon is went from being the second most consistent expected player on on the uh team to just being an absolute wild card. Simon is a wild card. I don't care. You can give him as much credit as you want. There's going to be times where he flubs some shots. Hmm. It's just going to happen. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Know. I don't doubt. I don't doubt that he will look decent. 
but he's going to flub some shots pretty bad, okay? Kyle Klein. Kyle Klein's really hard. He is he is a wild card for me. Um, it really depends on how dialed he is to start the year. Because, I mean, last year, we, he was sus at best for the first half of the season. And then he really nailed down some consistency. He's a wild card. James Conrad, also a wild card. <laughs> If they if they if they if they challenge him though with that that two hundred foot Anheuser backhand and he locks it in, they're oh winning. Oh my god! Okay, if, that if would be hits, if they do that and he hits that shot, they're winning hands down. It doesn't matter. I, I know it'd be o. so disrespectful, but could you? I mean, <laughs> Matty is the pinnacle of consistency. Yeah, I have no problem with him. I know he's going to perform well regardless. Um, and this year he's not coming off a back switch uh like it was last year so uh yeah. i just those those three because originally it was i was like simon's a wild card you know he is they even talked about it in the broadcast when they were doing the draft it, it was mm-hmm. he's a wild card you know he is kyle is a wild card um if he's on his game he will be near unbeatable james conrad it really depends. James has two levels. He has foot on the gas, go, 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 and he has he's not even existent. Right. Yeah, he's got <laughs> so to show that's up. Why, that's and why that's he's what I'm guard. banking on. Um, and so when I looked at that, I was like, that's really close. Uh, Team Paul's a little more even keel, not as flashy, but they're going to get the job done kind of a thing. But the Ganon Burr is what really flipped the script for me to, oh, this could be even, it could go either way, to now thinking, uh, it's Team Paul. It does. It um, does. It's gonna a, be a lot of the though. weight is on Ganon's shoulders right now because it's like, have you had two weeks with this bag, or have you had two months with two this bag? Months. And we just didn't know it. Yet. Exactly, because that will probably make the difference. Okay. Um, so speaking of, let's go ahead and look at the Devils matches. This will yep. give us a, maybe a little bit more insight as well to whether we think our picks are all that good, just judged on the skills I agree, competitions. I agree. Um. So, Ricky and Matt versus Paul and Isaac. I don't know what to think about that. I would probably give the edge to Paul and Isaac. I think I would, too. Because I think, I think, I think Isaac has... Isaac squeezes by Matteo. And Matteo is a really awesome putter, but he's not always the most consistent putter. Whereas Isaac is pretty even keeled with with his putting. You know, he'll leave some low every now and again, but the stroke is is consistent. The concept is the same. Paul is, I would I would even wager to say that Paul is slightly more inconsistent than Isaac overall. And Paul was top three best putters last year stats wise. Yeah, I would say um, Matteo's putt in the wind is not as good as Isaac's. And it's going to be windy. It's Arizona. In the right. Spring. So that's that's <laughs> um, kind of where I went with Isaac kind of edging him out. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the other thing you have to worry about is is Matty O and his, his fear of putting on hills. Yeah. There's a lot of hills on that golf course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, match two. So we're going to give it a slight edge. I would say they win by a, a point, a couple of points at the most. Yeah, I'm with that. Anything. I agree. Not anything wild. Okay. Uh, match number two, Gannon and Kyle. Could be a little first time for uh, Discmania people playing together uh, versus Calvin and Kevin. Um, it all falls on Kevin. I well, I mean, kind of Gannon listen, too. Listen, though. listen to this. I don't listen know. to this, okay? Because Calvin, you have edges think... Kyle out. Go ahead. Sorry, I was thinking in my head. Is that 
of of all the groups that we have, do you think the Calvin Kevin is the best Circle Two putting group? Circle Two wise, well, maybe, maybe not the best, but the most exciting Circle Two putters. I mean, to watch probably statistically Cal- too. Calvin, Calvin looks like he's out of what we just, have. You know, he's just walking out of bed and putting a shirt on when he puts from eighty feet. Kevin, you know, it's doubles. What has he got to worry about? Yeah, no, he's, I. He's slinging those 90 miles an hour in those chains. That that could be the only reason that if, if Calvin and Kevin have an edge, it's because they they uh, played significantly well from circle two. Yeah. And Specifically. I, that and is the I would say that they that probably match. got really good chemistry as well, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's quite possible. Kyle, uh, Kyle I still, and I still give. they're both young, young guns, so I'm not putting anything past them. Because Gannon, we cannot forget that Gannon is lights out from Circle Two as well. Um, but with a new bag and a new putter, right? That's he has. That's where very, it's like you have to remember how up. aggressive his putting form is compared to ninety nine point nine percent of the putts on tour. Yeah, he is the most aggressive putt. If he is not confident in whatever disc he chooses to be his new putter, uh, is this sticky enough? How hard I put it in the basket, is this sticky enough that's to stick? That's why he that, puts it, first 100% of the time. And if he's not confident, does he start leaving them short? Uh, does he start aim, air mailing them? What, what happens if he's not confident in that putter? If he is confident in that putter, actually, you know, I, I forget ifs, ifs and ands because I've given the ifs for both, okay? I've already said if, Gannon. So I'm giving the edge to Gannon and Kyle. I think Gannon and Kyle win match two by the same margin. I'm saying Paul and Isaac win match one, which is, in other words, probably a point or two. Right. Um, which means match three is could very well be the deciding factor. Um, now, of course, you know, match one is going to tee off later. So Paul and Ricky are both going to have an idea of what they need to do to, to get the right. But... I think match three could be where we see the difference being made. Uh, Simon and James versus Chris and Joel. Team MVP versus Simon and Joel. I know. I thought that was actually versus really Chris and that was, Joel. That was that was really cool. Uh, yeah, putting Simon and James together that'll be fun to watch. I I have to give the edge to to Chris and Joel. I, I will um, flip and the opposite way. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put the the biggest red flag disclaimer on this match. This match single-handedly rides on how well Simon's throwing his his new bag. And it's not close. If Simon is throwing his new bag the way he was throwing Dismania most of last season, then they win. If he's not, then Chris and Joel win by a lot. A lot a lot. I I truly feel like Simon's going to be locked. I I truly feel that. I don't. I just don't. I think that M- the switch to MVP is probably the toughest switch in all of disc golf just because of the difference in how they design them. And you could say this, that, and the other about whether their technology works or doesn't work for distance and blah, 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 blah. It, it doesn't matter. Whether it works or gets you extra distance – MVP discs fly different. Right. That is well documented. And it is the most difficult transition in disc golf to go from something like Discmania, which was essentially Innova, 
for a very long time to the most different brand on the market. So I don't, I just don't have confidence that he could possibly show up there and be dominant or lights out. I think he could be fine at best. I guess we'll see. I got full faith. Yeah, I think I think Chris and Joel are going to pull out that that doubles match in a landslide. Singles. El singles. Uh, of course, Paul and Ricky are um, going toe to toe. I'm not even going to bother. It could, um, it's a toss up. It depends on who needs what. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ricky is probably more likely to. Well, it is all stars. I wanted to say Ricky was more likely to make um, bigger, more dangerous throws, but then I remembered it's a, Paul it's... Paul throwing hole 17 at Waco last year in round two and parking it from where he was and thinking no human being would throw that shot in their entire life. It takes a different human. And he did that in a tournament round, not in All-Stars. So yeah, it's just a wash. It's it's going to it's going to depend on what they need points wise. That's that's where um, I'm at with it. Now keep in mind they are going to be in cards of four, so they will also be playing alongside Calvin and Gannon. Calvin for Team Paul, of course. Uh, Gannon for Team Ricky. So they will all be playing out together. Um, what a card. Calvin's yeah. Calvin's going to be pretty even keeled. I don't think you're gonna. You might see him maybe run some putts a little harder than he would if they're down. But he's not going to go out there and just throw something stupid off the tee. Right. Uh, Gannon, I have no idea what Gannon is capable of in this in this setting, uh, especially with the new back. Right. So I have to give the edge to Calvin, but I have to also like preface that that is purely because we know negative ten percent about what Gannon is going to be up to, or what he's it throwing. Could be anything. We have no clue. He could go out there with a set of Franklin discs. For I all was we know. literally all right. That's always like. Why are they always set. the meme? You know what I mean. Like it's always like the go-to. Those like <laughs> nobody knows where they're going. Franklin. Apparently, they've gotten much better. I don't know. I've, yeah. I've heard, I've heard stories. Imagine. I Imagine. I, 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 let's just not. Right, let's just. Oh not, my gosh. Let's not go there. Um, um, some whammos coming back. But uh, <laughs> card number two, uh, first matchup: Matteo against Chris Dickerson. What a um, good matchup. That's beautiful. I love that matchup. I'm going to give uh, Chris the edge because yeah. it's it's Chris. But um, that is slightly a little bit of bias from from me personally. Um, I'll play a little devil's advocate for you. Okay, um, good. Um, this, this, is, it, this is the one thing that's difficult about Chris is that in years past – being here in Knoxville, extremely close. A lot of times we see him at some of these local C tiers, B tiers, maybe even the one A tier that happens in the area in the spring. A lot of times we see him at a ton of these tournaments. We have not seen him at anything. He has not signed up for anything. He makes more money all. now. Previously. Well, and also, again, I know, you know, we kind of had that conversation. Last I don't remember week if this was well. on the show or not, but it was, you know, that conversation that he wanted to spend more time. Yeah. He wanted to spend a little bit longer on the road this year than he did last year, possibly, and took the opportunity to stay home longer to avoid, you know, the right. fallout of the extension on the tour. Allegedly, this is this is speculation. Don't don't take this as as uh, as fact. But the truth of the matter is, I have no idea how much 
Chris has been throwing. Right. I know he's going to be more comfortable with his bag this year than he was last year, I would imagine. However, how much of a break did he take? How much did he throw while he was taking that break? Um, you know, was he thrown into a net? Was he playing some rounds? I haven't seen anything particularly besides a post here and there, maybe. Uh, but that's 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 the wild card in that matchup. Is is Chris Dickerson up to date with his game, or is this his like warm up for for the season? Right. Did he warm up before? Then we just didn't see it. Or is this the warm up? Because if this is the warm up, Matty O might win. Yeah, I mean that's a possibility. I'm not counting Matty O out at all. No, just, absolutely I'm, not. I'm definitely uh, I'm leaning towards Chris. Matchup on two one. on card two. Yeah, absolutely. Matchup two on card two. Simon Lazat versus Isaac Robinson. I mean, mm. instinct says Simon. Right. Uh, but knowledge I, of the like situation a says surprise Isaac. setting though. I don't know. That one's gonna be interesting because I I feel like that's kind of where like if Isaac starts off hot. Yeah. It probably because I don't know if Simon. I think Simon will be fine, but if he has to take riskier shots with the new bag to try and yes. catch up, I think that'll be a problem. So it kind of depends on the start of the match for me. Yeah, I think... So, holes 1, 2, and 3 are 470 par 3, 550 par 3, 280 par 3, and then hole 4 is 460 par 3. Right. The farther away you get, the harder it is to dial in accuracy with new discs. I'm just going to point that out there. The first four holes set up in Isaac's favor, given the scenario, I would have to say. But how is is Isaac able to convert on that? Right. Is he able to to turn that into a lead? If it turns it into a lead, then yeah, I, uh, I would he, could take, he could take it all the way down. Yeah. Because uh, I, I agree with that statement. It's hard to come back with a new bag. But uh, with um, that being said, you know, I'm still taking Simon. I'm um, going to take Isaac. Yeah. I just don't trust a new bag. Yep. I just don't. Uh, card three, match five, uh, Joel Freeman against Kyle Klein. I don't have to think about this one. It's Kyle Klein. Yeah. I think that the only way Kyle Klein loses this is if he tries to overextend himself um, and get a little too fancy schmancy out there. Yeah. So, Kyle This Klein. course sets up very well for a player like Kyle. And he was out there last year, and Joel wasn't. Mm -hmm. That's something to know. Um, what, regardless of you know, not knowing exactly what the layout really looks like, if it's the same, if it's modified, if it's an entirely new layout, I don't know. I, did, yeah. I didn't really do that much research, so if you know, please don't yell at me. <laughs> uh, Matchup number six. James Conrad, Kevin Jones. If it's windy, it's James. If it's not windy, it's Kevin. Yeah, I agree with that. That sounds like you might be, <laughs> some of you might be like, that's a really like dumb way to create that artwork. Uh, Kevin I mean, throws flippy, James throws overstable. If it's windy, overstable is going to outplay. So, we'll see. But yeah. I, that's that's what I'm, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I mean, I'm uh, I, yeah, I'm with that. I don't I don't know. So overall. Overall, I still I think after talking about all that, I'm still on Team Paul. I think it's going to be very close. Yeah, I'm still on Team Ricky. 
Um, so at least we have something that we're rooting towards. Um, yeah. And against. Yeah. I'm not like oh, yeah. we're not rooting against, but we're rooting. No, we're totally for. rooting against him. I don't. I don't care what he says. We're rooting against everybody. Say <laughs> <laughs> everybody loses. That's the fun to watch, right? Ha! Jokes on you. Um, None of you su- win. Surprise Nico appearance with a <laughs> with an ace, or he yells, "It's all I ever wanted." Cutscene <laughs> to European Open. Cutscene to I'm back, baby. Right, yeah. There's your commercial. There's your first commercial of all stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lone Star, put it out there. You heard it here first. <laughs> he would be the lone star of the all stars. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. Uh, we don't we don't have another ad um today, but I am going to take this opportunity to go ahead and just remind you guys. First of all, thank you very much if you are joining us on YouTube for the first time, second time. If you didn't know that we've moved to YouTube, here's your warning. We've moved to YouTube. We are live right now on YouTube. It is accessible for everybody. You do have to create an account if you want to comment. But if you do, I I really highly recommend that you hit the subscribe button, please, and then make sure you hit the little bell next to it, okay? Make sure you turn notifications on. That way you know when we're going live. Um, we're going to get some things ironed out, of course, not everything's perfect, but we're going to do what we can. Um, and you know, thank you so much for, you know, being gracious about this transition so far and we can't see, uh, can't wait to see where this goes, but, uh, yeah, there's our shameless, um, like subscribe and, and hit the notifications bell plug. Boom. Had to do it. We're on YouTube now, right? Ding! <laughs> yeah. So. That was the All-Stars uh, preview. Uh, let's go ahead and, and talk about the broadcast schedule preview. Uh, for those of you who didn't see, the Disc Golf Network has announced their media plan for the live. If you remember, we talked about the mm-hmm. post-produced version last week. They announced their live plan. So without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and try to read this as fast as I can. I'm yep. sorry if half of this is inaudible, but I'm going to read it, and then we'll digest it together. Okay. Uh, the Disc Golf Network is pleased to announce its live media plan for 2023, which will feature a significant increase in the volume of live content delivered to subscribers. New to Disc Golf Network in 2023 is expanded coverage of silver events and the addition of the Euro Tour events to the live broadcast calendar. Both silver events and Euro events will see complete tournament coverage and will be exclusively available at the Disc Golf Network. So if I'm reading that correctly, no YouTube for those. Could be wrong. We'll get into that a little bit later when we read some more about that. Uh, also new in 2023, the addition of a pre-round, halftime, and a post-round show at Tournament Central. Uh, that's going to be the name of the show. Uh, from what I understand, they're going to be um, different hosts, so it's not going to be your your broadcasters. Okay. Uh, the show will feature highlights, player interviews, and analysis for Elite, Elite Plus, and playoff events, plus majors this season. Tournament Central will begin 30 minutes before the FPO round and will continue between FPO and MPO to recap the FPO before transitioning to MPO which will then have another segment at the end to wrap up the day's competition post-MPO. Excuse me. All told, Tournament Central will add a minimum of an hour and 45 minutes to live content each day on top of a standard live broadcast. MPO pre-round show and MPO post-round show will also be available for free on DGPT YouTube channel. Um, There's a quote in there about how it's the next step forward and it's really awesome. Cool. Uh, with expanded coverage to silver events in the uh, Euro Tour, the Disc Golf Network is set to deliver live coverage to uh, of over 35 events, including nine events in Europe, and the potential to add more later this year. Disc Golf, it, um, excuse me, 
Disc Golf Network subcri subscribers can look forward to over 240 rounds of live competition between MPO and FBO divisions, a full day of coverage at of uh, including Tournament Central, with the addition of three planned feature hole broadcasts. Is So feature holes are going to return. They're going to be at Worlds, USDGC, and they're expanding to MVP Open for uh, feature holes. So that's cool. I like that. The Disc Golf Network will stream upwards of 1,400 hours of live content. The Disc Golf Network will continue to broadcast all rounds of Elite, Elite Plus, and Playoff Events, plus the Pro Majors, all included with your subscription uh, to DGN. Subscribers will have standard tournament coverage to European Open and USDGC. Included in their subscriptions, bonus pay-per-view packages will be available for both, similar to last year. Um, including the President's Cup and Monday qualifiers, respectively. Uh, amongst other inclusions, Disc Golf Network will continue to provide at least one round of coverage on the DGPT YouTube channel for Elite, Elite Plus, Playoffs, and Pro Majors. The coverage will be shifting to the first round instead of the final round. With the Disc Golf, uh, Disc Golf Network's live broadcast continuing to evolve and production value increasing each season we are exploring live broadcast distribution on multiple platforms beyond youtube says jeff spring as we work to deliver live disc golf to an expanded national audience it's important that we maintain flexibility to distribute final rounds on other platforms while increasing the value of your disc golf network subscription okay there's a lot to digest there uh yep. we will get there um Da, 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 da. pricing has gone up a little bit this year again remember if you are a pdga member as long as you pay monthly as opposed to annually you still get the 50 percent off discounts okay uh, they're also going to be including individual rounds at 5.99 per round and 10.99 for individual tournaments if you choose to do those on a per tournament basis in other words if you only watch two tournaments out of the year it's probably a good option for you um otherwise stating the PDGA members will continue to get their complimentary access to select live coverage this season as a member benefit. So if you didn't notice last year, there were some events that if you were a PDGA member, you didn't even have to have to have a subscription. You got some rounds. Okay. So let's go all the way back up to the top, start from the top and kind of work our way down. Um, obviously the inclusion of uh, creating full, coverage for silver events and adding the euro tour events that's pretty big um you know I'm not, I'm not gonna lie two or three of the silver events last year were really really fun to watch um and it was kind of disappointing that we didn't get a couple of rounds in the early side right um so what what are your thoughts on that good move uh yeah good move okay uh tournament central what are your feelings thoughts initial gut reaction um why are they adding an hour and 45 minutes to players' rounds? Is what I heard, but I would assume that I'm wrong on that. Yeah, so imagine that uh, you're watching the Super Bowl, yep. and they had a pregame show, and then they had a halftime show, and they had a postgame show. What is halftime in disc golf? Halftime, halftime is going to be that momentary break between FPO and MPO, okay. which I will personally admit... There were some times where I really wish I did have something to fill that gap, and we did not. Yeah. Uh, if there's one in particular that I'm going to be most excited for, it's going to be that one. Um, more so than probably either the preview or the post-round MPO recaps. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I was just hoping it wasn't like... I, yeah, no. 
it just didn't make sense the other way. So, yeah, no, I like this. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think it's interesting. I don't want to like get super excited about the concept. I really want to see how it progresses. Um, you know, I I'm gonna go out there on a limb and say anybody who's watching this right now, that first week that you see with Tournament Central, and maybe even the second or third, don't judge it too hard. Um, make critical comments on on the post or on their Twitters or whatever. You know, give them steps in the right direction if they're doing something wrong, but don't harass them. Remember, this is going to be the first time they're doing it. Uh, if we want it to get better, we got to make good suggestions, not just yell at them that it's a trash content and they should have never added it. Right. Just, just a reminder for you all. Because it's probably not going to be good that first week. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I do not expect Tournament Central for LVC to be good at all. Right. Well, I mean... I just don't. We shall see. Uh, yes, yes, we shall. La, 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 la. Um... Okay. Let's go over to YouTube free rounds and the moving that they made. This, this one, this, this brought the, the most sense. noise. It makes sense. Yeah, so this, this brought the most noise between, you know, like what I heard on Nick and Matt and, and Grip Locked and all of those podcasts. This one made the most noise. A lot of people kind of said, ah, you got me. Now I got to subscribe. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then a lot of people were kind of upset. They didn't really understand, like, oh, this is just a money-mongering move. This is this, then, blah, 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 blah. So it was really kind of if, and, or there. Um, but for the most part, nobody was particularly upset. They understand what they're going for here. Um, now, right. I have to kind of go with my thought process here is not just that they're doing it to, like, basically, uh, Foundation, for example, kind of pointed out that they thought, well, they just did the final round broadcasts, um, because that was going to be, you know, this was always the plan. Get them in with the final round, switch it to the first round, force them to subscribe. I kind of, I'm going to go on the other side of the coin. And uh, if you guys kind of remember last year, I was one of the people who complained about this. Uh, and I know a lot of people kind of felt the same idea. Um, putting live final rounds out for free, and of course final rounds being the most coveted of all the rounds to watch, it lessened the value of my subscription. It made me feel like, you know, why why am I paying Right. I can watch the most important round for free every single week? Um, so I think that it was a little bit of both. I think, you you know, they're like, okay, we kind of drew some people in. This is going to get them to subscribe. But it's also like, okay, we're going to we're going to make our current people a little bit happier by not giving the best part away for free. Uh, so there was that. Uh, so let's go, I want to go back to this direct quote though, and, um, kind of recap that with disc golf networks, live production, continuing to evolve and production value increasing each season, we are exploring live broadcast distribution on multiple platforms beyond YouTube. As we work to deliver live disc golf to an expanded uh, national audience, it's important that we maintain flexibility to distribute final rounds on other platforms. What does that mean? It I've heard means, a lot of speculation so far. What does it mean to you? I mean, to me, it means that they're in works. They're they're in the works with something. Um, yeah. Of getting it on TV. I, that was my first thought as well. And I mean, it was extremely surprising to me that both, uh, both, um, Hunter and Trevor kind of were on a little bit of like a. Well, what does this mean? It kind of feels like empty words and this, that. No, I I feel like 
it's not necessarily going to happen this year, but this is one of those things where you might see ESPN plus or something along those lines. This, this is where, because if you don't, if you don't have ESPN plus anybody who's out there, let me give you a little bit of an idea of ESPN plus. They have a really awesome network of coverage for things uh, that just, they don't have time to put on the main broadcast. However, there's also a vast extended network of live coverage for events that you normally would not want to watch pretty much ever. For example, when softball called softball season hits really, really hard, there's eventually going to be a point in time where ESPN Plus is going to broadcast a game uh, of Northwestern uh, Appalachian State Community College against West Kansas, uh, you know, midway school and you're gonna be like why is this on here right <laughs> you're like nobody's watching this there's no way anybody besides the 10 people from each of those towns is watching this game <laughs> and maybe their parents okay right maybe those players parents are like well, you made it. you're on ESPN. if you guys don't think that disc golf is big enough currently to get onto ESPN Plus. I don't know about live coverage on ESPN or ESPN2 yet, but I think there's enough interest to get it on ESPN Plus at this point because I've seen the menu of watchable items and they have zero work to do. Essentially, right. all they have to do is be like, all right, DGN, port in your, your live feed um, and make sure that you have an announcer set for this broadcast that mentions ESPN instead of this golf network right it's so, so easy to do in in my roundabout opinion and uh, this to this, finish off my statement i'm sorry yep. to interrupt you to finish yep. off that statement i'm not saying that happens this year i'm saying that is the most likely next step right just to clarify so i mean i'm kind of going with you but against you at the same time um it along the same lines just kind of without the espn part um so, on cable TV, right, mm -hmm. we have an NFL channel, we have an NBA channel, we have a golf channel, we have a bull riding channel, we have a NASCAR channel, we have all of, we have a hockey channel, we have a bowling channel. Right. All of this stuff, I, I'm not saying that it's impossible um the ESPN picks it up, right? But with the tournament coverage the way that it is, ESPN cannot dedicate 8 to 10 hours of like of a uh, like of a segment um of their broadcast each weekend. Um right. So what, I'll keep my thoughts to myself until the end. Okay. So what I'm thinking is that we get a disc golf channel, okay, on on cable, whatever. The the streaming app is Disc Golf Network, which the streaming app may continue to get kind of swallowed by by someone, maybe ESPN Plus, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um but for instance, if we did get Disc Golf Channel um, on cable, all of this stuff that's been going on behind the scenes and in the off season and stuff like hidden, uh, 
finding the lines and all of this different disc golf content it can technically be filler um like throughout throughout the week i don't think there's per right now i don't think there's enough volume to run a an entire channel throughout the week um without running yep. a bunch of reruns um which they could do that that uh, they could do that but that's why i think it would be more in the future a little bit maybe kind of like what you're saying yeah. really focus on other shows and so so here's where I, where I disagree with that. It's I, I think that you're you're in the right mindset, but I think you're thinking of that being a little bit closer than it really is. In my mind, we are at a like the closest possible time that we see that happen is five years, probably closer to ten years before that happens. Um, as as disc golf media starts to expand beyond the veil of YouTube, that's when we'll start seeing. One question: Go Is ahead. cable here in ten years? Probably not, but I mean, the thing is, it's like cable is six to one, half dozen to the other. It doesn't really matter what you call it. It could be Hulu Live at that point in time. It doesn't well, really matter. See, yeah. So I mean, if it, if it gets on streaming, yeah. But the thing is, so so you're not. But if it gets on streaming, you're not. You're not talking. It's still the same thing. Yeah. This is like you're kind of getting into a Semitic debate about the difference between actual cable or satellite TV versus what we have going on right now. And it's the same thing. It's the same broadcast. Okay? Yeah. Everything's just kind of um, in a big shift right now. Yeah. So, but you know, all the only difference is that you're talking about that information, the, all of those broadcasts going from coming through a satellite box versus coming through your fiber optic. Yeah. It's still going to be the same product, though. Oh, yeah. So no. TV TV doesn't die. Like, standard viewing television does not die in 10 years. The concept of actually purchasing cable plans right. versus doing it through a provider, whether it's DirecTV is, continues theirs as a streaming-only service right. or whatever. So the, I basically, the vessel changes, but the liquid inside doesn't. Right. Okay? It's still going to be a monster. It's just maybe a monster in a bottle instead of a monster in a can. Yeah. You see what I mean? Right. Yeah. So you're still five, ten years from that happening. I um, think at the earliest. Uh, there's just not there's not enough content. And and so the other the other thing and the reason why I kind of pointed it out the way that I did is he very specifically talks about the final round and putting the final round in front of audiences. So you're not going to focus on the final round specifically in that statement if you're thinking about a full channel right because a full channel is going to be inclusive you're going to do everything right but if you talk about that final round you put that on espn plus if you let's say let's say it's just like espn said you know what it, the the pro tour championship show did better this year than it did last year i don't know i don't know the numbers i haven't seen them if somebody has a link to the numbers i'd like to see them uh, but you know espn says you know what how about once or twice this year let's say world's usdgc or world's mvp open let's run mpo final rounds espn plus right because it's not going to start the the other thing is you kind of you kind of argued that they're not going to find a broadcast that on every single sunday they're, it's just not going to happen and you're right but that the same thing happens with golf okay you see three tournaments a year that's actually on espn on a sunday 
That's the truth. Right. There are a lot more than three big tournaments a year, but those are the big tournaments a year. You're going to see Masters, the U.S. Open. You might see a little bit of Riders Cup, but a lot of those also trickle down into disc golf or into, you know, golf TV or the golf channel um, and that sort of stuff. So in terms of ESPN as broadcast, you're talking two or three final rounds throughout the year, maybe. Which and that's on ESPN Plus. Early, that's, that's early, early part of the year, it wouldn't be a problem. But when football gets back, it's, I mean, again, you're talking, you're talking about over that. Well, not necessarily as well. You, you, there are always the people who are going to watch something other than football. There's a lot of people that don't like football. There's a lot of people. I'm just who watch talking ES, about like provider-wise. It's not going to take. Yeah, but place. you don't. But you don't have to worry about that because if you're talking about ESPN in this scenario, ESPN doesn't broadcast football on Sundays. Just Monday nights and Saturday nights. So, right. So you don't you don't have to worry about that. You get college, you know, college football is going to be on Saturday, Saturdays. so that's not a conflict. Uh, you know, basketball kind of weaves in and out whenever it wants to. Uh, basketball doesn't follow as nearly a set of schedule. Um, yeah. On ESPN as some of the other ones. Um, throughout the baseball season, and and also keep in mind as Which, well when we talk about these scenarios, disc golf is nowhere near ESPN. They are ESPN two at best. ESPN three more than likely, which means that it's still a streaming service, right? It's still most most people do not buy the package with ESPN three. Let's be honest. In, in all honesty, what would skyrocket this as far as like moving it from five to ten years into three to five years is if sports books um got invested, right? But sportsbooks aren't going to get invested until it shows success on a place like ESPN+. It's got to be successful on ESPN+, to be picked to be put on ESPN2. And then it's got to be successful on ESPN2 for sportsbooks to be like, we're really going to buy into this. So if ESPN+, happens at this year or coming year, Mm -hmm. they pick it up just like they pick up darts or they pick up lacrosse. You know, something, something like that that you can scroll all the way over and... You're like, oh, what is this? I can bet on this? This is live? You know, something like that yeah. to where you can get on the live betting for sports books. That right there, if people can bet on it, they will watch it 100%. That's how you True. grow viewership. So, it, But you got to get it there first. Got to get yeah. it to ESPN Plus or some you know, in the C- eyes. CBS Sports has has a streaming service where they broadcast stuff online only. And Fox Sports, Fox Sports does, does the same thing, whereas you, you've got your FS1, FS2, and then Fox Sports Online now, broadcast. I did hear. So all of, all of those are, are viable options. And you basically, you get it in the door on a, a basically pro bono. You, so, it, it, co- it costs very little for ESPN to add that. Right. right. Now, in, I don't know. Push comes to shove. This could be a tidbit of information, possibly, like, that not many people have heard or know of. Um, but the radio station that I listen to um, for the Titans, uh, which is local to here, but is also a Forks, a Forks, <laughs> Fox Sports uh, network, yep. they talk about disc golf quite a bit. Um and they were talking about possibly disc golf becoming uh, radio as well, radio covered. And yeah. that would be on Fox Sports, right? So if Fox Sports is willing to do that, I don't see why they wouldn't take a chance on – or maybe that's a stepping stone. Again, it's it's uh, all of these networks are going to look for the minimal risk investment. 
Right. Because Which, disc I mean, golf is not big enough for them to invest. And that's why ESPN Plus or yeah. you know, CBS Sports Online, whatever it is, whenever somebody does finally take that that next step with them, it's going to get in there. It's going to prove itself. when it, If and when it proves itself, that's when they'll start pouring money into it and say, we're going to send our team of broadcasters out. We're right. going to send our camera teams out, and then we will put it on ESPN2. Right, because that that's the be... jump between ESPN Plus and ESPN Two is when they start sending their own broadcast team versus approving a broadcast team and just saying, "Yeah, they're fun." The the cost of doing that is probably gonna, I mean, definitely viewership's gonna have to outweigh the cost. So yeah, or they have to see huge, huge growth from year to year. But um, yeah. I, I think I th- honestly think that disc golf has got a big enough backing right now to do so, um, as long as it continues to grow. Yes. Yeah, and I mean it should. Uh, you know, there's no reason that if it gets on gets on ESPN Plus that people aren't going to click on it. Right. ESPN Plus is where where content goes to die because nobody has anything better to do on most days. Two two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, before football season, what are you doing? Watching the pregame. Oh, no, I mean before, before football, football season. season. Yeah. I don't know. Is NASCAR on? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. You know. You know what I can tell you that I would be doing? I would be looking to be outside and actually playing. Yeah. I mean, personally. But I can tell you, there's a lot of people who are thinking that same thing. Man, two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. No, you bring up a good point. I mean, April. It's... What are we doing? Yeah. It's 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 niche, but that's that's the best uh, the best door, right now. Yeah. If it opens. So, I'm I, I'm not guaranteeing that Jeff is hinting at that, but Jeff was hinting at that. Right. No, I mean, yeah, it's all allegedly. Like well, everything we say is just. You know, yeah. This is alleged bill yeah. right now. This is this is all just speculation, but it's fun to speculate. All right. Yeah. Continue. You want to do something that's less speculation? What's that? Let's talk about our bags for this year. Okay. Let's, Let's do the thing. It. Yeah. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, you go first. You're. First. You'll take longer <laughs> than me. Uh, let me try to keep it short and sweet. Don't okay. let me go over ten minutes. Okay. Okay. Eh. The bag. The bag. Presented to you by nobody. It's DD bag, but um, I'm not sponsored. So, <laughs> all right. We're going to go real quick through the putter pocket. Oh, I forgot that there was a dry bag in there. Uh, disc mini dry bags, just in case anybody was wondering. No brand allegiance for that. Just they were the ones available at the tournament I needed them for. Um, putters, EV7 fees. Um, these ones are getting beat in. I'm going to buy myself a new set this week after I get paid, uh, start working on them. But this will be the second year I'm putting with these. For pretty much the first time since I started really working on putting, this is the first time I'm going to double up on putters in one year. So that's exciting. Berg. I I don't think I really have to explain this one too much. I love ripping on this and throwing big Annie um, drop shots basically is what I like to call them. Um, and every now and again, I'll even throw a little bit of a hyzer with them. But uh, I can basically throw these as hard as I want and not have to worry about blasting past any basket. That's the that's the biggest thing. Uh, 
Armadillo from Lone Star. This one is kind of like my Berg that I can just get to get on its horse a little bit. I throw it exactly the same as the Berg. This one I expect to get there. Um, I actually missed an ace with this this last uh, tournament two weeks ago twice. <laughs> one of them was just a, a 270-foot hyzer flip down a tree tunnel, and it hit front cage. And then the other one was about a 200-foot um, uh, it was also a tree tunnel, and I just hyzered it maybe a few inches in front of the chains at the most. So, uh, the newest addition to my bag, this is a Viking Loki. It's super overstable. This is um, basically a zone on steroids. Um, this is brand new. I'm hoping to beat it in a little bit and remove some of the stability. It's actually a little bit too overstable. Um, if I, I really like to flick this, yeah. uh, and then I'll throw some backhands. Right now, it, if it comes out flat, it is immediately just just straight to get to the ground. So I want to beat it in, remove some of that stability a little bit so that it will push forward before dumping. But I want it to dump still. That's putter pocket. Nice. Um, up here, this is a glitch with a uh, tournament logo on it. Uh, I don't... This isn't really in the bag, but it's in the bag um, right now, and I'm probably going to keep it in the bag for a while. See if I can find a use for it. I don't really know. Apparently, it's I have nothing a thing else for... that'd be good to throw for light warm up before a round. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if there's a way that I can work it into using. But uh, if you guys can't tell, besides my putting putters, I really have a thing for one speeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is out of place, but it's in. It's kind of above. Um. But this is a uh, Sarah Hokum Crave. I haven't even thrown this one yet. It's replacing a Crave that I have um, that is too light. So this is just a heavier one. Uh, the light one, I was really having trouble finding the touch on it. So this one should fix the problem. Hopefully it does what I want it to do. Basically, I, this is, I, I have this in the bag to be something that's a farther um, buzz, essentially, if we're, if we're going to be obvious about it. Okay, let's start with the mid-ranges. Uh, I carry four mid-ranges right now. Oh, so much. So much. Too many discs. Um, Malta, right now, this is my overstable mid-range. Um, it's a flip-up to flat if I put enough juice on it, so it's not like dump-overstable. Um, if I need dump-overstable, honestly, there's better options. I can just throw the Loki, or I can take some power off of uh, Chupacabra and just really dump that down. Really, really old MB3. Um, not going to flash it for too long. I don't want you to see that phone number. <laughs> but this um, is super beat in. It is not, does not fly like an MB3 anymore. It flies super understable. Uh, it's a flip up to flat turnover. It never comes out of it. If I throw it hard enough, if I give it some air time, it will straighten out, maybe fade. Maybe, but I have to give it some height. Uh, other than that, my buzz replacement currently is Texas Ranger. Um Texas Ranger is basically just the buzz, but it glides farther. It really does. I don't know what it yeah. is. This one is in the glow plastic, so it's Bravo technically, but it's kind of more like a cross between uh, Bravo and Alpha. When I, that's how it feels at least. Um, exact same flight as my my old buzz. And then for so uh, when I say exact same flight, I mean that's something I'm going to throw on Heiser and I'm going to flip it up to flat, maybe a little bit of turn, and then fade back at the end. Um, so if I have room to work with or I have a wider fairway, I'm going to throw that. If I have a really skinny fairway, but I got to pump it 300 feet, 
Mindbender. Uh, bright, bright orange. Is that the is only one they bright had. orange. And if I throw it flat, it's actually going to stand up a little bit and turn. So if I throw it on a little bit of slight hyzer and I just jam it, it's just going to pop up to flat. And then it really doesn't do anything. It literally just goes straight and it drops. So um, I haven't figured it out completely, uh, but I've thrown some wicked shots with it thus far. Um, this is a Crave. This is the super light one. It's not staying in the bag. Uh, the only six claw that I grabbed, uh, which was a Discraft Athena. I wasn't even looking for a six claw. I was just looking for an Athena because the seven speeds in my bag are really lacking. And I needed one um, since I got rid of the T-Bird a while back. And uh, it flies okay. I hit something. I, I hit a gravel road with it the first day I had it, and it's already lost quite a bit of stability um, in that first day. But it flies how I want it, essentially. Uh, to complement that 7-speed, uh, I have a Kakao, a Glow Kakao here, um, Mockingbird from Lone Star. This is basically just a carbon copy of the Falk I'll talk about later, except 7-speed instead of 9-speed. This is a Heiser Flip to turnover that never fades. Um, the only thing I have to remember is to give it a little bit of air so it doesn't cut roll, because uh, I do that. This is the Falk, carbon copy of that, but 9-speed. So extra distance, but essentially the same. Next, Madcat. Um, Madcat's like a fresh-out-of-the-box champion T-Bird, but 9-speed. Um, it flips up to flat for me. It never really does full turn unless it's a headwind. Uh, this is my favorite disc in my bag currently to throw based on its flight, and uh, it is the most dependable disc in my bag. There's Even when I throw it poorly, I know it's going to do something close to what I want. Um, and that's pretty hard to say these days, honestly. Um, you might remember, guys, this one from last year. This is a Millennium Falcon, or excuse me, a Millennium Orion uh, long fade. It's not really a long fade anymore. It's too beat in for that, but this is just a <laughs> hyzer flip to turn. So a decent amount of hyzer flip up to turn, but uh, it's going to fade back at the end. It's going to be a pretty forward pushing fade. Discraft, uh, Discraft, ha, Lone Star. Lone Star Lariat, this is the reason I said Discraft is because this is basically my buzz, but in a nine speed. So, you know, I've got I've got the the buzz, which is now replaced by the Ranger, um, and the Crave, which is in between this and the uh, the Ranger. So this is the same thing. It's nine speed. Highs are flipped to flat, maybe get a little bit of turn, but it's gonna forward push. It really doesn't fade at all, uh, with how hard I throw. Um Big Z Onyx. This one is a flip up to flat if I really jam it. Otherwise, it's mostly overstable. Ton of glide. Uh, it's probably actually the glidiest disc that I have. Um, I don't even remember what the numbers say about it. But I think it's 10603. Yeah, and when I first got it, I didn't really know whether that was a 6 or not. Um, but regardless of whatever the glide numbers are on any of this disc, these discs, that's the gladius disc in my bag. And it's not close. Um Paul Macbeth, this is a prototype Kong, so uh, Zeus before it was a Zeus. Uh, this is really overstable. It has no glide. It's a, it's a flat top um, for anybody who's wondering. Um, so very little glide comparatively to the newer models, but it also doesn't flip and turn. Um, so it's a little, little more overstable, more de dependable in a headwind, which is what I was looking for. And then an actual Zeus, um, this one is my Tailwind Bomber. Um, I, if I if I want to know exactly where it's going to go, uh, I do have one other Tailwind Bomber that's a little bit different. But 
This one's the most dependable of my Tailwind Bombers. Um, that's in the wrong spot. <laughs> Alright. Warbird. Lone Star Warbird. This is basically the Kong, but even more overstable. So this is something I throw into a headwind like a stiff, stiff headwind. Especially if I have danger on the right that I really cannot get to. Um, so that's my, my dependable headwind disc. I have a Captain Crush. This is a sh uh, Halo Shrike. And this is my true bomber disc. Um, if I'm going to throw in a Tailwind and I want to throw on Heiser, maybe I don't have the room to get an Anheuser up there or I don't have the ceiling or whatever it is. This is something I can Heiser flip to turn even in a Tailwind and it's got a six glide. Um, not as glidey as the as the Onyx, but definitely the most glidey distance driver I have. Uh, this is a Ballista Pro. Um, this is my max distance driver. I'm not throwing it a whole lot right now because my arm speed just isn't where it should be to throw this. Um, except for big distance shots in a headwind where I have the room to work with. Um, or downhill. I will throw it a lot downhill because I don't have to worry about it turning in, in that downhill speed. Lastly, G-Star Turn. This is basically a roller disc. That's it. And that's my entire bag. Nice. 11 minutes. Uh, All right. Uh, All right. There were a couple of discs I forgot about in there, so I kind of timed. I was a little off on my No, time. you're good. Uh, Yeah. You can go ahead and say. Or did you the get what? them all? Did you get them all? That was it. Okay. Yeah. No, that all was, right, yeah. There, there were a couple of discs I forgot. That's why it took that extra minute. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha, you, dude. So, I have my bag. It is also DD. Um, I will be getting a Lone Star bag very soon, so I'm excited about that. Um, start off with putters. Um, I putt with the pennies. Uh, the penny putters. As you can tell, this one is beat in. I use it all the time. It's my main. This is my backup. Kind of just the one that I hold. <laughs> um, and you then... start using it. Yeah. It won't be long. Um, then I have two armadillos. This yeah. armadillo... Do what? I said yeah. Yeah. This one <laughs> is V2. Um, V2 plastic. This one is glow plastic. They throw pretty similar. The only... I use this for one shot and one shot only. And that is my patent pending approach shots. I yes, can... Yes. I can trust this throwing like back behind me very well. Um, and it doesn't fade right. It doesn't fade left. Like it just goes pretty much wherever I point and shoot. So super dependable on that. Uh, this one, I can actually push this one out pretty good. Um, this one, kind of like Daniel was saying, it's it's the same armadillo. Um, it, it just gets there a little better. It, it, it goes more than what a one speed normally would you would think i i think those v's are a little puddle top and those glows because we basically have the same run of glows yeah. and the same run of v's because i have a, a v as well but i prefer my berg uh the the v's were a little more puddle top and the glows were domey so yeah. it gets that extra glide yep and it definitely gets the extra glide um this disc is the staple in my bag um it is the <laughs> Atachi Sharingan. Um, 
it is, or it's died the Itachi Sharingan, uh, by Shakedown Dies. Shout out, Rob. Um, but it is a Castaplast Cax, uh, and it is in K2 plastic, which is now K3. Um, but this is K2. Uh, that one is a six speed, but it is my go-to approach disc for nearly everything. Um, I'll turn off the T quite often too. Yeah, if if it's a 250 foot to 300, maybe I'd say 280 or less, I'll throw the CAX pretty consistently there. Um, for the ones that I uh, I don't throw the CAX. I throw. Where are you? Let's see here. Oh, I took My it. bag was organized. Yeah, well, mine is. I keep too. all my discs in order. Mine is too. Oh, here we go. We'll go. Stabilities move around a little bit, but the speeds always stay yeah, with each other. Yeah, so we're going by speed here. Um, So it was tucked way over in the left. Um, but this is also a six speed. This is a Latitude Trident. Latitude 64 Trident Opto Ice Blend. Um, it's a 64.53. Super dependable forehand uh, flick approach. That's really all I use it for. I rarely use this off the tee. This is a big, a big uh, hit the gap for you. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Um, now this one. I've got to where I use it off of the tee a lot, and that is the Lone Star Guadalupe. Um, the Guadalupe is about the only slower speed disc I can use on forehand and flip up and not overturn. Um, it rides. I love that stamp. Mm-hmm. I do that too. That stamp is beautiful. Yeah. Great this, stamp. This one is uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, I like that on the bass it says Swamp Donkey. So I'm I'm a fan of that. Um, so yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Guadalupe. Heiser flips, forehand or backhand, flies the same. That's rare. Yes. That is rare. Um, that's the only disc in my bag that will do that for me. Um, I mean, I, it's rare for most people, so. Yeah, it's it's hard to find that. So then I have two of the Dome. This one is super lightweight it's 159 grams uh it's the lima plastic and it is my get out of jail free card if i need something crazy this is what i go for um this one i max hyzer flip it and get it to hold straight and shoot down a tunnel big tunnel shot disc yeah. for me um and then Moving on to 8-speed. Here we have an, a Discmania Essence. Uh, this is the... It's died by Shakedown as well. Um, Mangekyo Sharingan. And this thing is pretty much just a laser beam. It It's beat in now to whatever angle I put it on, it stays. It kind of weird because it used to flip more but now that it's got beat in it's more of a point and shoot uh if you're on hyzer it stays on hyzer if you're on anhyzer it pretty much stays on anhyzer uh it's very good for like what i use it for is open field shots that you have to hit a gap 
down the field. Like, if you were the hole is 320 feet and I need to hit a gap at 280, this yeah. is what I use. Um, then nine speed, most overstable thing in nine speed that I have is the chupacabra. Um, it's a beefcake. Yeah. Absolute beefcake. Um, Beefy weefy. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have the Lariat, which is just a very straight disc. I don't use this disc a whole lot. Um, I like it. I like it a lot, but it doesn't fill a slot that I necessarily need right now. Um, I'm thinking... Once it gets beat in, maybe the forehand, it'll be like a further flying Guadalupe is what I'm kind of hoping for. Um, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. it's it's uh, The Lone Stars just take so long to beat into that point, you know? Right. They, they just hold, they hold their box light so well. Right. And uh, here is a, a rarity from me. This is a pretty new addition to the bag. Um, but repping the boys over at Disc and Disciples. Um, this is a Innova Valkyrie. Um, a Valkyrie? But it's a 167 gram lightweight. Ooh. So this thing is it's kind of nice. I'm not going to lie. Like, Did it replace your green one? Uh, it did. Perfectly. Right. Um, I took a big gash out of my green one. And it, it was an <laughs> R-Pro Valkyrie. And I was like, good luck finding another one of those. So yeah, I, I remember when we had to fix it because you folded it like a taco. Yeah. We were lucky just that it even went back. Yeah. The first time. That disc had uh, had some issues. So this one <sighs> replaced it uh, pretty much spot on. Really no change. Um, and then moving on to 10-speed. This is the only 10-speed that I have in my bag currently, and it is a Latitude 64 Sapphire. It is probably the disc that I use the most on any uh, wooded shot, uh, driving-wise. Um, this is an 11-speed. It is a Streamline Trace. Super dependable disc. Um, if I need... If I'm in a bad spot, like, if I have a bad shot off of the tee, and I need something with some oomph to get to the basket, yeah. that's what I use the trace for. Um, because I can put everything I have in it, and I'm not going to overturn it. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty just point, shoot. Fade. It's 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 what it does. Nice. Um and then I have my bush latte. <laughs> um also died by Rob over at Shakedown Dice. Um but this is a Discmania Enigma eleven speed. Oh um that's what happened to the Enigma. Yep. So I really like this disc. I have yet to find out what its 
great at. Roll. Yeah, what its role is in your bag. Um, because I'm so in between the sapphire and the disc I'm about to show you. Um, this is a staple in my bag as well. The Discraft Crank. Um, for forehands, this is my max distance forehand disc. Um, and I used to be primarily forehand. I am not anymore, but I still whip it out uh, occasionally. This is my max distance backhand disc, and it is a Crank SS. Uh, full flight on this disc. There you go. Uh, max distance <clears throat> backhand. Then I get into more of the if I need something trickier. Um, <laughs> so the Warbird, this is a Glow Warbird. It is super overstable. Um, but it's not as skippy as a Force. Um, for me, this one doesn't, it settles a lot better. So for something that I need to make a huge hook but not get a big flare skip, I use the Warbird. Uh, for something that I'm using, uh, for something that I need a big skip, I use the Force. Uh, the Force. The Force. The Discraft Force is very skippy for me. Um, and then I have a Ballista Pro. Um, this is basically a forehand only disc for me. Um, backhand, I cannot figure it out. I do not know, because sometimes I will get, like, max distance furthest I've ever threw with it, and sometimes it will hyzer out, hit the ground, and uh, cut roll. And I know it's me, not the disc, but still, I cannot figure it out. Uh, so I forehand it. And it also had a Sharn gun on it. Um, and then last but not least... Oh, no, I got two. Uh, this one, I use it for my up and over shots. This is the Ezra Nuke. Anytime I need to go over something, I use this forehand or backhand. And you saved your roller disc for last, and so did I. And this is a Millennium Falcon. And it is nice. completely and utterly beat. It's basically useless to throw in the air. Yeah. But my G-Star is the same way. It makes some very good rollers, so... Yeah, and that's my bag. Um, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty exciting. It'll be it'll be fun to to get out there. Or anybody who doesn't know, because well, we haven't told anybody yet. But uh, not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after, we will be playing at the Tennessee State Doubles yeah. Championship. Yep. Uh, so it'll be exciting. It'll be it'll be a good time. Be a good time. I'm not looking to go out there throwing throwing big distance out there, but I, I definitely want to improve upon last year's score. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I'm excited about it. I am excited. All right. Well, with that, we've gone over two hours. I don't um, even know how, but of we course, did. Oh, I know, I know exactly how. So, obviously, I, we mentioned last week we wanted to talk about the preseason power rankings. We're going to go ahead and wait um, until yeah. next week to do that. We could have done that instead of the uh, in the bags here, but I feel like we'd be doing ourselves a disservice to do power rankings without knowing where uh, Gannon's going to be throwing. Yeah. Um. And on top of that, we're 20 minutes past the absolute longest I wanted to roll tonight. <laughs> um, so thank you, Gannon, for adding that 20 minutes to to our show, and and then the uh, the well the other stuff. 
But, yeah, um, we stuck on the All Stars you know, yeah. for yeah. like forty five minutes, but it's fine. Yeah. So before we go, um, we're just gonna give a quick shout out to uh, Eagle and Maria Oliva. Uh, yep. Both of them taken down the challenge at Goat Hill. Um, I'm not gonna talk too much about it. Um, no, I don't. I mean, I... Ch- the challenge at Goat Hill is has kind of been demoted a couple years in a row. <laughs> yeah. In terms of its like player status, you know, tour status and and whatnot. So there's still I always some notable watched... players that go there, though. Yeah. Yeah, so if you guys watched the didn't watch the coverage, go watch the coverage. It was actually very good coverage by uh, I think it was at Central Coast. Yeah, Central Coast. Yeah, so they they did the coverage. It was really good. It was uh, Ian and Philo, um, and of course Ian said some outlandish stuff, and and Philo had to say, "Okay." <laughs> I love Philo. At one man. point, at one point in time, Eagle had missed like four putts in a row, and Ian was like, "Is he the best? Is he the best putter in the?" In the world right now, and say that after he's drained some putts, right? Like at the end of the show, when he had actually hit some sick putts, that was when you bring that up. But why did you? Why did you bring that up after he gone par bogey, par bogey? Yep. <laughs> and and a few pretty terrible putts in there. I don't know. It's, it, you know, normally Ian shenanigans. Uh, it is oh what yeah. It is. Uh, but the coverage was really great. So. I don't want to spoil too much outside of who won. And well, if you guys don't know who Jacob Cupcake uh, Curtis is, you're going to learn about him. And uh, he's extremely fun to watch. And he he does have to learn some things. We'll, we'll say we'll call it the he has he has Nico Gannon syndrome. Uh, so hopefully he fixes that out pretty quick. But he is exciting to watch throw. So. Uh, congratulations to Eagle and Maria. Maria just slapped Sarah Hogan. Not Sarah Hogan, Je- Jennifer Allen, excuse me. Um, Jennifer Allen went into that final round with a lead, if I remember correctly, and uh, Maria <laughs> just said, this is my tournament now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so that was that was really cool. But uh, yeah, thank you guys all for, for joining us. Uh, one, one other point before I finish talking and, and kind of give give up the reins here. Well, two final points. Uh, number one, obviously next week we're going to be recapping all stars and previewing LBC. And we will give our official preseason power rankings next week. There is no putting it off. It will happen next week. Um, so that's next week. I hope you guys join us. Number two, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, on our main Twitter page, thank you. We have 400 this week. Big milestone. 500 upcoming. Huge. Yep. Huge. So thank you guys for that. We really appreciate it. Um yeah, I'll send it over to you. Oh, uh yeah, sure. Um also, huge shout out. Uh I meant to tell you this, but um since season uh two of our podcast has started, um thank you guys so much for listening. Um we're sorry for keeping you waiting. I am very, very thankful. Uh, we've already surpassed a thousand views, uh, a thousand listens on, That's, on uh, possibly possibly three of the roughest th- the three the three episodes we've done so far, including this one. This one was a little more direct. This one was probably better. Um, I didn't have a lot of energy. I apologize for that. You know, I'm I'm very tired. My head hurts. My stomach hurts. Uh, I'm having a rough day, so I didn't have as much energy as I would like to. But uh, those first two episodes of this season were 
doozies. Yeah. They, I put them in, in the first five category of last season as well. In the, We really don't want a whole lot of people listening to those to be right. Um, <laughs> so, so thank you guys so much. Yeah. For, I mean, two episodes in and getting a thousand listens, I, I, I mean, we're extremely grateful. Um, so thank you so much for that. And a uh, huge shout out to uh, our overseas and international listeners uh finland norway um germany brazil like we we we're really seeing your outreach uh we appreciate you all um and yeah with that being said um any final notices any final notes all right good deal that's it Look, look look for us to actually hit the 90 minute mark next week and sign off yeah. It's going to happen. Well, it's going to happen. Okay, gonna... I don't want to limit our creativity, but we need to learn to rein it in. Okay, you guys can be honest with us. We understand. We need to stop talking sometimes. Let us know if you enjoy the rambling. Okay? <laughs> because I enjoy rambling on podcasts, but you know to be um, to be fair, we did a really good job of like we, we stayed on so topic. Many... We didn't it's have so many sidebars expanded. this week that we needed to make a joke about it, but I'm pretty sure the sidebars will come back next week. So yeah, no. The, uh, um, you like the sidebars. I've had several people um, tell me that we need to get that sidebar. Um, so Yeah, it needs, that, needs to be put. We, that's it's it, That graphic will be added sometime very, very soon. Yeah. Um, I also was thinking uh, this is going to be just, you know, shooting the gun. So uh, if this doesn't come to fruition, I'm sorry. But uh, we will probably, for the live version of the broadcast, start doing something along the lines of, scheduling the broadcast so that you can see what time we're going to go live on youtube probably about two hours or so before we actually start the live broadcast um hopefully uh so we'll try to get the scheduling and we'll have to we'll have to figure out how youtube integrates with our um recording and broadcast software to get that set up but i'm pretty sure if i remember correctly it's pretty easy um so hopefully that'll be something that'll give you guys the opportunity to to know when we're going live and, and kind of join in at the right time as opposed to coming in a little bit late. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and just thank you to everybody, and happy Valentine's Day. This was yeah. Valentine's, so um, <laughs> I know you'll be listening to this later on, but this was recorded then. So uh, until next time, uh, everybody have a great rest of your day, great rest of your week. Have an awesome weekend. Have fun watching the All-Stars. And we will see y'all on the next hole. Peace.